He's joining, this, uh, joining us this morning. The chief market strategist at Blue Line Futures is here to talk financial markets. Bill, welcome. I want to begin right away with the U.S. dollar to levels we haven't seen since spring of 2020, a reflection of some of the uh, risk-off type sentiment, but again, also a reflection of uh, investors' uh, well, appetite for uh, uh, less risky, less volatile type products. Yeah. Hey, Ben, before you get into uh, the dollars, so there was like a couple of headlines that came out just like over the last segment. There was that uh, Germany, a couple of the ministers and a couple of officials came out and said that they were going to continue to buy Russian oil. So that's why we saw a big sell off, like four or five dollars. Uh, and you're seeing also discussion that in the next hour they're going to try for the third round of peace talks so you got gold futures coming off they're actually negative right now uh, big reversal across a bunch of different markets silver negative palladium negative uh, stock indices catching a bid at the moment so that going tying it into your dollar you're starting to see the euro currency come back up off its lows dollar index here backing off some of its gains dollar's really been a safe haven play at the moment yeah, it sure has. Uh, talk to us and let's get into that a little bit more because uh, it does seem like Euro's, Europe's a little bit reluctant to kind of get on board in terms of that oil embargo. I clearly uh, understood why, because, the you know, their dependence on Russia oil relative to the U.S., I think we only get something like 3%. Yeah, the um, you know they supply ten percent of the the oil, um, well ten percent of the global oil. So I mean it's understandable. I mean you're cutting off literally your lifeline. It's like saying like you don't like the grocery store down the street and it's the only grocery store that's available to you. Now you're going to cut off buying from that grocery store without concrete you know, supply chains in a broken supply chain environment already. I mean I don't understand how we're going to be able to get Iran up to speed. Venezuela up to speed, and the U.S. is going to increase its output all to offset this Russian, you know, oil exports. It just doesn't seem like something in a timely matter that can be done. Let's talk about the U.S. dollar, because ultimately these factors that we're talking about in terms of the energy markets are what's feeding into some of the strength we've seen there. As I mentioned here, we're at spring 2020 levels now. Yeah, the dollar index. Now, the dollar looks really good. Any kind of significant break, you're going to be wanting to buy by the dollar anyways, because of the current economic environment we're in. We're in a rising interest rate environment going into a slower growth. So people are gonna take off risk assets just naturally without the situation that's occurring. So they'll go and they'll, they'll come back into um, US dollars. You'll see US equities, they continue to have lower highs in the markets and they are not going to, you're not gonna see the stock market go back up to those, those previous highs because of the slowing growth environment. Now, you know, when I, I see all of this playing out, I oftentimes look to some of the other foreign currencies uh, for the reason why we're seeing strength in the U.S. dollar. And, well, we mentioned the euro currency. We've got the ECB this week. But talk to us about some of the Asia-Pacific currencies. We've seen New Zealand dollar, the Aussie dollar firm with their tie to some of these commodities, the run-up there. Uh, I mean, any other foreign currencies, any other markets that you have your eye on in terms of uh, uh, some of these financials? Yeah, 100% on the, on the Australian dollar and New Zealand dollar. They're so tied into the commodity currency. So that's where your play is. I think it's like a cheap, if you want like a broad-based 
play on commodities. You look at going one along one of those two. Swiss franc could be that safe haven play that breaks out to the upside. Japanese yen hasn't done very well at all. Canadian dollar is very linked to the U.S. economy uh, and has been tied to oil prices. So that's done, you know, fairly, fairly well. But I mean, it could be doing better. They just came out of some their own little economic turmoil right now. You know, you look at the bond markets here. They've been Big moves up and down, you know, major fluctuations. One minute's a safe haven play, next minute's a rising interest rate environment play. So, Phil, uh, ultimately, are we just susceptible to this headline risk here? I mean, it really speaks to, for one, the importance and need to have access to futures in terms of some of the overnight activity we've seen, headlines out of Russia, uh, the impact it has. And uh, But uh, what could ease some of this volatility right now? It doesn't seem like the uh, developments in Russia. You mentioned the talks for a a ceasefire, but ultimately that's as bombs fall and as shots continue to be fired, it sounds like. Look, the volatility index, it's going to remain at this elevated level, and it's probably going to do it for the next two months, I would say. That's when you get the deceleration of economic growth. We're like basically going off a cliff right now on economic growth. We're hitting peak on all these cycles and everything. That's why the Fed is hawkish and late to the game. So it's not until you get to like the second quarter and the second quarter where the year over year base comparisons are are closely aligned and then volatility stops here. So right now, you know, this is high volatility, stagflation, deflation environment. Um, and, you know, you've got elevated portfolio risk at, at these levels. So, you know, don't uh, don't chase these things. I'd hate to be the guy who bought crude at 130 and gold at, you know, two $2,010 last night. Is all of this, in theory, going to keep a lid on rates for a while? Again, you mentioned two months in terms of some of the volatility as investors uh, work through some of this uncertainty and uh, navigate these murky waters. It does seem like uh, the TNX kind of topping out around 2% is backed off some since. It, it shuffled. It, what it did was it shuffled the rate hikes, like where you're not going to get that 50 in March because of this. Mm-hmm. You might only get it, it. You'd have to really look at it like it might just be like 25, 25, then goes 50 or something on the rate hikes. Once this the dust settles on, on this conflict, you know, if it carries on longer and they can actually see some massive demand destruction and growth destruction, then you're going to see it, it come off. You know, I look at like how companies by pulling offline of selling in Russia, what is it doing to their own balance sheets and stuff? I mean, I know their moral compass is correct on on not selling or or you know curbing exports of these things, but like from a, a business standpoint, what does it what does it do? You know, so how will that affect it on earnings going forward and things like that? It's a sensitive topic. Phil, lastly, uh, before we brought you on, we were talking about the busy week we have in terms of economic data, earnings. Aside from Russia, uh, markets completely haywire right now. What are you watching as far as uh, more closely uh, domestically? What are you watching in terms of some of the data due out this week that could move? I think you got to sell. I think you got to sell any significant bounce we get on U.S. equities. Hopefully today or tomorrow, you're going to get uh, declining business confidence coming out, declining consumer confidence, um, and the inflation data is going to continue to you know shoot higher. So because of that, you know you're going to want to stay defensive in your posture. All right, Phil, appreciate you joining us here this morning. Phil Striebel's with us from Blue Line Futures, talking financials while spilling on over into an overall market discussion here and some of the fundamentals here. Phil, thanks for giving us part of your Monday morning.